Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Voices of Social Change. My name is Josh Shookman, and this is the podcast where we share the stories of social entrepreneurs and the movements they create. So whether you're an aspiring change agent or a cause-based leader, this is the podcast dedicated to you, where we get you the resources and the tools you need to create business that makes a dollar and a difference. Hey again, and welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Real quick, before we break into our interview, just want to highlight, if you're not already a part of the community at Social Change Nation, please come join us there. It's Social Change Nation that puts on this podcast, and this podcast really represents the heart of Social Change Nation, our our heartbeat of our movement is really this podcast where we share these stories. But our overall goal is to build a community of social entrepreneurs and change agents. That's what we're all about at Social Change Nation. And we want you to become a part of that. This movement is really your movement. And we want you to become engaged and to join these stories, to comment on these podcasts, to keep up with us. And the best way to do that is to run to socialchangenation.com. And you can link up with us, sign up. I will send you a newsletter. We do that two times a month. Uh, We certainly don't inundate you with, with things up here but we do try to keep you up to date in terms of what's going on with cause-based business, social entrepreneurship, and keep that conversation going and make sure we get you the tools and the resources you need as you're either building your movement or working toward building your movement. As a bonus, when you sign on as well, uh, we will give you a totally free gift, a guide we've created, the 10 keys to building a successful cause-based business. These are lessons we've learned interviewing social entrepreneurs from all over the world. Again, that's yours for free. I just sign on and we don't inundate you. It's just a matter of signing on. It allows us to keep you up to date in terms of what's going on in the Social Change Nation community and what's going on with this podcast at at Voices of Social Change. Also allows you, by the way, to join the conversation. We do this podcast as a conversational component. We want you to be a part of it. We want you to come in and comment on the podcast we do and let us know if there are other movement leaders that you think we should interview. If you would like to be interviewed, we would love to share your story. Again, this is a community. Everything that we do at Voices of Social Change with the podcast and at Social Change Nation, again, our website, socialchangenation.com, everything we do is designed, dedicated to building that community. And so we want you to become a part of it. Easiest way to do that is run to socialchangenation.com and you'll see how to link up with us. Also, you can see all of our old podcast episodes, listen in to any topics that interest you and, and feel free to comment and again, join that conversation. So we'd love to have you as part of that. Okay, without further ado, let's go ahead and tune in for today's interview. Hey again, Change Nation, and welcome to the Social Biz Showcase, podcasting proudly from the Kansas City Startup Village. I'm your host, Josh Shookman, and today we have an interview as part of our series featuring the Halcyon Incubator. The Halcyon Incubator is a social entrepreneurship lab in Washington, D.C. that is preparing some amazing social entrepreneurs to take the world by storm. Today, we have an amazing social entrepreneur with us, Diana Sierra. Diana is the founder and CEO of B-Girl. B-Girl works in developing nations where the lack of access to sanitary feminine products deprives up to 40% of women the ability to complete their educations. B-Girl's mission is to provide environmentally friendly, affordable feminine menstrual management products. In doing this, Diana and B-Girl are closing gender gaps and ensuring continued educational opportunities. B-Girl works in such places as Rwanda, Malawi, Uganda, and Tanzania, enabling girls and women to continue pursuing their education. So as you can see, a a really amazing entrepreneurial project here that Diana has. So Diana, I've shared with my listeners just a little bit about what you're up to, but why don't you go ahead and take it away now and unpack with us uh, more than I've already shared about B-Girl, but also talk to us about yourself personally and how you came into this project, because we do want to get to know you as, as a person throughout this interview as well.
Oh, man, you're asking a non-Harry Potter fan. <laughs> um, Hogwarts, yeah, Hogwarts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, sounds sounds terrific. And, and we can definitely do a, a follow up interview and check back in and and have you share even more of your story at that point. But you have really here in just a few minutes, I think, given a lot of great nuggets for our audience with your story. And I just want to highlight a few things that you mentioned that I think are, are really important. One of the the things that I always do on this show is I like to highlight themes. I interview social entrepreneurs around the world. And so when I latch on to common things that everyone says in one way or another, I, I really like to highlight that. And you've really hit on several. One of the biggest ones being that you you talked about this moment where and, and you mentioned on your website, it, the organization you're volunteering with was Millennium Promise. Is that right? Okay, so you're volunteering with Millennium Promise. You had had this professional career as a designer, and you had an eye-opening moment, something you saw, an issue you saw that just wouldn't let go of you. And because you were open to that grabbing a hold of you, it it took you – in the direction of, of your cause and helped you to find the, the mission that uh, fit you personally, that you were passionate about and that you were going to commit yourself to. And I, I want your story and that to be a lesson to my audience. And I say this all the time, keep your eyes open for those causes, for those movements that are near and dear to you and that you need to commit yourself to because if you don't have that behind it if that's not the fit it's not going to be something that I, I think you will be able to sustain and and I say that because everyone that I talk to they have that moment where something clicked with them in terms of where their heart was where their passion was but then also where they had a certain at least at some level a certain skill set and and you I think have really really illustrated that with your story and then I also also love the message of finding a solution to the problem with the tools that you had. And I think that's a key piece for social entrepreneurs is we have to be, especially if we're working in countries around the world, we have to be aware of the fact that the tools we have here to develop a business, develop a product are not necessarily available everywhere. And that's a key feature of a social entrepreneur, I think, is this ability to innovate around a entrepreneurs or innovators innovators by definition but social entrepreneurs we have to innovate i think even more and be even more creative because the resources we have at hand are different depending on where we're working and we have to be aware of that and i think you have a, a tremendous story about how uh, you can be very creative in a situation like this and use what you have at hand i i, I remembered reading the story about the umbrella and using the umbrella on your website and i that just I think highlights so much of what social entrepreneurs have to do and how we have to operate and why I think we have a different set of needs than a traditional entrepreneur. So I, I really love your story. Really appreciate you sharing that. I think there were a lot of good nuggets in there. And, and to my listeners, I would just encourage you to to listen through that entire story for because Diana made kind of very clear when she had uh, certain moments, certain turning points, certain pain points when she saw the problem, was trying to find a solution to it that I, I have heard echoed for a lot of social entrepreneurs. And so I say that, A, so that you can be aware of those things as they come up, but B, know that you're not alone <laughs> and that uh, you know we are experiencing this together. But just, yeah, a tremendous story you, you have there, um, Diana. I, I want to talk a little bit more. Your site defines B-Girl and what you're doing as a social enterprise. What, in your words, distinguishes you from a traditional enterprise?
Yeah. And I think that that's such an important message for social entrepreneurs. If, if your product is good and your price is good, you can reach your market. And the, the, the key piece there you mentioned, too, and, and in some ways, you know, people think this word gets overused. And I think it is used a lot, but it is still very important is this this idea of sustainability. You, you need to make a product that is able to do that so that you can continue working towards your mission and your overall goal, which is empowering women and and allowing them to lead the lives that they need to lead. And if if you aren't sustainable as an organization, then that mission will not be sustained. And so I think you've made a very good point in the sense that the, the backbone of that is having a product that is good and a price that is appropriate for the situation for the problem and, and 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 for the group of people you're trying to reach so real real key points there you talked about legal structure and and this uh, back and forth in a way between ngo or for-profit structure now most of the organizations i interview are for-profit social entrepreneurs some have kind of taken a hybrid approach but can you unpack that a little bit more for us Diana? it sounds like you've you've gone with more of a, a for-profit structure can you talk to us about how you finally decided on that structure and the specific structure legal structure that you are using to run your organization now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just real quick, I want to I want to point something out for my audience. If, if you haven't heard, Diana has, has been mentioning the base of the pyramid. And that's an, an important concept. And there are a lot of writings on this now. Uh, kind of one of the leaders in this for now was, was Unilever. The idea being that, you know, they were selling shampoos in larger bottles when they did something as simple as putting it in smaller, more daily use package that had a price point that people with lower incomes could afford. They started selling that very successfully. So the idea is that there is this entire market that, as Diana says, when you have the right product at the right price, they definitely will buy, but it's just a matter of creating something that, that meets their needs. And so that's the idea that, that she's expressing there. And I just wanted to highlight that because it is a really important idea for social entrepreneurs because that is one of the largest spaces that we're operating in are, are creating products in these countries that have a lot of people living in extreme poverty on $2 a day, less than a dollar a day. We're creating products that that will meet their needs and that they can afford. And so that's, that's what 
she's highlighting there, and I think that's it's a really important point. And Diana, I, I want to come back though to where you're talking about structure. I appreciate the, the the thoughts that you've given and and kind of unpacking that story of how you got to where you are as an organization. To the extent that you're comfortable, can you share with us what what is your technical legal structure of B Girl right now? What did you choose for it? Okay. Yeah, and I, I love that that insight, Diana, that, that you've just shared with my audience. And I think it's so important because this is a conversation I try to have a lot because you're right. There, the legal structure around social ventures is, I, I don't want to say it's in flux, but it's definitely changing right now. And there are a lot of new options, I think, coming around benefit corporations, those kinds of things that that allow us to be more creative with our structures and, and appreciate the fact that the problems that we are innovating around are generally very different from the problems that traditional entrepreneurs are innovating around. And we oftentimes need a different kind of legal structure in response to that. So I, I say that for two reasons. One, so that my listeners in Change Nation know that as you're looking to structure your organization, I believe that within the next five years, we will see a lot of new legal structures, funding mechanisms that that appreciate what our organizations do, or not so much appreciate, well, appreciate, but also allow you a lot of different avenues to do what you're doing in the best way possible from a legal standpoint. But the second thing, Diana, and I think this is a critical point. Like I said, I think that's five years down the road. What we have right now is what we have. <laughs> and you're right. They don't really have a box around us. So getting creative with your model and setting it up in a way that really fits you uh, is something that is very possible. And it sounds like you all have done very well with that, Diana, because you've been able to capture everything that you wanted to be able to do with your organization in that legal model. And uh, so I think that's a really important lesson for my listeners, that there is a way to do that. Um, to make it sustainable and to not give up some of the things you think you might be giving up by not going with an NGO structure. So.
Right. Yeah. And, and speaking of, of partnerships and connections, I, I really do want to talk uh, and unpack the Halcyon Incubator more. Can you share with us how that has contributed to what you're building with B-Girl? Yeah. Well, Change Nation, I, I really want you to hear what Diana is is saying here. We're, we're talking about the Halcyon Incubator. I mentioned that at the beginning, that Diana is part of our series. We'll be interviewing lots of folks that are in this incubator, and she's really made several key points here. One is that when you get yourself involved with a group of people who are also social entrepreneurs – there is an accountability component. She talked about having these deadlines put on her and that causing her to take large steps in her organization. That's an important message for all of us because setting those deadlines on yourself, setting those pieces in place that will hold you accountable and keep you to a timeline and cause you to set goals is tremendously important as you seek to spark social change. So really important message there. And also the Halcyon Incubator is an amazing one. And and I would say one of the top ones that I've heard of in terms of an accelerator around social ventures. But there are a lot of them that are cropping up around the world. And so I, I say that as a message to everyone listening. If you are seeking to start a social venture, seek out those incubators. Uh, one of them that I know of that that actually has places in lots of different cities is Impact Hub. And as usual, I'll put uh, a link to that in the show notes. But I say that because these can be huge resources that bring together all kinds of logistical support that you will need. And, and Diana, talk to us just a little bit more. You So at Halcyon, you've had access to legal support, um, marketing support. Now, how about in terms of financing your organization? What, what kind of resources have you found with, with Halcyon? In other words, linking you up with financing sources or different ideas. How has that looked for you at the Halcyon Incubator?
Yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that that is absolutely tremendous. And and folks, what what Diana is talking about here, if if you're not familiar with this, same thing with any kind of a business incubator, a lot of social incubators. If you come be a part, the the trade off is that as your business grows, that incubator then essentially owns a portion of your business, and that's one model. Uh, but there are especially in terms of social. Incubators. There are a lot of them out there that are more along the lines of what Diana is talking about. That it's it's really just the support. It's it's linking you up with those funders. It's it's teaching you a lot of these logistical things. But they don't expect that portion of your business in return. And I, I mention that uh, not to say that one's necessarily better than the other, but only to say that this is a consideration you'll have to bear in mind as you go seek out. An incubator. Which kind do you want and which kind fits you best? And so that's a big question that you'll want to ask along the way is what are they getting in, in return? And a lot of them, like I said, will want a, a portion of your business. And so it's, it's just an important thing to know going forward. But I love how you've mentioned, Diana, what, what how Halcyon approaches that. And I think that's a very unique approach. And But something that I think we'll, we'll end up seeing a lot more of over the next few years. So excited to see what that looks like for you as you go through it. So yeah, great, great stuff. Now talk to us then about, uh, apart from Halcyon, we've talked about B-Girl. What, what is your model for getting the product to the consumer? How is that working? Are, are we talking you know, retail or is it more just uh, peer-to-peer, person-to-person kind of thing? What, what's that model? Model look like for you? Got it. And, and, and I, I love the message that you're sharing here in the sense that you are partnering with an organization that has that network in place and, and, and can reach those people and kind of leveraging those resources that are available. And it sounds like some connections that you had along the way. And I think that's a hugely important message for social entrepreneurs. The story that kept popping in my mind, and, and it's just an example. I know there, I don't know all the details, but, you know, Coca-Cola there was actually a um, a medicinal company that had partnered with them simply because they were able to reach areas of countries that no one else was really able to reach with distribution. And and I know, you know, that there are different feelings about Coca-Cola and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, the point was that Coca-Cola was able to reach certain communities that basically no one else was able to reach with any kind of a product. And so this organization, it was a social venture, they partnered with Coca-Cola to get their medicines into the villages that they were otherwise unable to reach. And I think just this idea of, again, using those resources and finding those connections that you can partner with is critically important. But at the same time, of course, you have to make sure that they are organizations that match your mission and are doing this for the right reasons. But 
just know, you know, we, we've talked about, Diana, you've talked about, a lot about the, the partnerships and the support and how important that is. And I think from a logistical standpoint, in terms of distribution, that becomes critically important, especially for a new social venture looking to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's that's another critical point that, that I didn't latch on to there is this this idea of being able to focus your resources in the right places. And I think that's that's a hugely important point. And I really appreciate you sharing that, Diana. I I've known of a few ventures who have tried to do everything and kind of be all things for all people. And what ends up happening is you you are unable then to focus in the areas that you're best in because you're getting so distracted in these other areas. So that's why it becomes so critically important to find those partnerships, like Diana is saying here, so that you can then focus on, uh, as you said, Diana, your, your unique value proposition. And that that's so key. So I, I really thank you for sharing that with my audience. I appreciate that. So we, we've talked a lot then about, uh, and, and you've given us some great, uh, very specific insight in terms of B-Girl and the overall structure and how you foresee the Halcyon Incubator helping you. So just really appreciate that value that you've added there. Just want to talk about a last couple of things with, with your business. Can you talk to us about the organizational success, the accomplishment of B-Girl so far that you're most proud of? <laughs> I, I, I love that. And I think that's a huge message for my audience as well is focusing on that success, you know, that the fact that you have endured for for a number of years. And I think that can help uh, keep your focus and, and, and keep your eyesight on on what's important, because, you know, you mentioned there are setbacks along the way and we can get distracted by those. Speaking of which, though, while we're on that note, you know, that's that's a great success there. But as you said, there are setbacks along the way. So now can you talk to us about the largest setback you've encountered as you've grown B-Girl and how you recovered from that?
A- a- absolutely, Diana. And, and thank you so much for sharing that, because I think that is such an important message for my audience. And honestly, <laughs> it was a very important message for me to hear as well, because I think that I think that there are two things there. One, when you latch on to that cause, and I mentioned this at the beginning, but when you latch on to that cause that really makes you tick and and you you find that thing that is your thing that alone can keep you going through a lot of the setbacks which is why i think it's so important that you know you keep your eyes open for that thing that really matches you because if if you if you're a little off on that you'll have trouble i think getting through those those bigger setbacks but the second thing from a more practical note is keeping those projects in line, though they might not be totally in line with your mission. They keep the lights on. Um, I, I have that too. I've, I've mentioned to my audience a lot of times, I mean, I, I want to grow Social Change Nation into something that I can devote fully to. That's not a reality right now. And I have work at a credit union and work at a university that I do, which I enjoy, but it doesn't tie directly to what I'm up to at Social Change Nation. But it's what is making Social Change Nation possible right now. And because I am so passionately committed to what we're doing here, as I know you are to be girl, Diana, all of those other things, I'm able to do them and to be very happy with them because I know where that's leading me, where that that work is is leading me. And I think that's so important. If you have your why, if you have that central mission, you can do these other things that you need to do to turn it into a reality. If you don't have that central mission, it's a little harder to keep yourself motivated and focused as you're doing things that are a little uh, off your central passion. <laughs> so huge message there. Really appreciate you being so honest about that, Diana, because it's uh, definitely something I experience too. And I'm certain if we're both experiencing it, a lot of my listeners are too. <laughs> So terrific stuff. Well, well, Diana, you have just shared some amazing insights with us. I I love your passion and your vision for this and your story uh, about how you came to this cause and how this issue grabbed a hold of you and really led you to spark change. I I appreciate the insight talking about the Halcyon Incubator. I'm looking very forward to interviewing more of your cohort on that and definitely following up with you all after you've completed your time there and and checking back in. So great stuff. I want to move into just the last section here. It's my favorite section. I I call it the Blitz because it gives me a chance to just ask you a lot of real quick questions so you can share some some quick insights and tools with my audience. So you ready to rock and roll on this? (laughs) Okay, sounds good. What's the best book you've ever read? Love it. The, the Persian boy is what it's called. Okay, great. And Change Na- Change Nation, as always, I will put that in the show notes. So if you're listening to it, don't worry about it. I will give you something to click on <laughs> in the show notes to find that book. So great, great stuff. Okay, what is a social venture apart from B-Girl that we got to check out? Yeah, well, we at we at Social Change Nation, and I think all social entrepreneurs are all about the quote unquote crazy ideas. That's kind of our lifeblood. <laughs> so, yeah, no, definitely, and I'll, I'll try to look it up too. But either way, uh, you know, Diana, between you and I, we'll track that down. And Change Nation, I will get that uh, in the show notes too, because I definitely want to look at that. And heck, probably try and get them on here for an interview. <laughs> so great, great stuff. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I love that. Good things happen to good people. 
even if sometimes they don't look like that. That. Right. <laughs> Right. Love, love that. Let's see. Okay, we're closing out here and I just lost my play. Oh, here we go. Found it. Okay. <laughs> what is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome in your life? Yeah, I, I love that that message and, and that story. I appreciate you sharing that. Okay, last last question here in the Blitz section. First thing everyone can start doing right now to change the world. Yeah. No, and I, I love that. And that is a huge piece of our philosophy here at Social Change Nation. In fact, I, I have it on our philosophy page on my website is this idea that you change one life, you've changed the world. And the reason I say that is because I think so many people get so intimidated by all of the problems we face, all of the social issues we have, because they see them as too big to do something about. But so often, so for example, I, I worked in the inner city in Cleveland and, and a lot of the, the kids that I'd worked with and the people that I was working with had come out of some tougher situations and done some really amazing things with their life. And really without fail, every single one of them would say, you know, that they had this one person in their life who believed in them. Uh, maybe it was a, a big brother through big brothers, big sisters, or somebody within their family that just really believed in them and poured into their life. And it's not to say that they spent a ton of time with them 
necessarily, but they were there in a moment when they were able to make an impact and that changed the trajectory of their life. And folks, if you're able to do that for somebody, it doesn't take much. It just takes being aware of what's going on around you and keeping your eyes open to ways to help people just in your immediate area. If you do that, you can change one life and you've changed the world with that. And I think that's that's a huge message and so important. So I, I really appreciate you echoing that too in your own work, Diana. I think it's 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 something that that keeps this whole social entrepreneurship thing going is that belief, that belief. <laughs> Love that. And just as a, as a final thing before I close this out, Diana, why don't you let my listeners know the best way to touch base with you and, and be girl as an organization? Yeah, I, I love that. And, and thank you for all the insight you've just shared there. And, and folks in Change Nation, I will, of course, put links to everything that Diana's talking about here. So, you know, if you're driving or anything like that, don't worry about writing it down. But definitely do want to reference you back to the, the Halcyon Incubator as well. We talked about that quite a bit. Also would really recommend running to both Diana's uh, personal website that she mentioned, but also bgirl.org. Some amazing content there, amazing stories of the women that she's already worked with. Uh, you can see pictures of the product if you want to understand a little bit more about what that looks like and what goes into it. So a lot of great information there. I would, I would really encourage you to do that as well. Diana, on behalf of Change Nation, I just really want to thank you for your generosity with your time, uh, your insight, your stories, your expertise, uh, your heart and, and, and your passion for this are, are really incredible and an inspiration for all of us. So can't thank you enough for being here today. And we wish you the best uh, in all you do. Sounds great, Diana. Thanks. And Change Nation, keep it real. Well, 
hey, thanks again for tuning in today. Remember, if you liked this interview, if you've listened this far, we want you to be a part of our community at Social Change Nation. So come over and visit us at socialchangenation.com. Sign on. We will give you a free e-guide, the 10 keys for building a successful cause-based business. These are lessons we've learned from our interviews with social entrepreneurs all over the world. We'd love to have you as a change agent in Social Change Nation. Until next time. Yeah.